Hey everybody, the following podcast is recapping week five and this season so far and talking about the weeks to come, specifically week six as it was originally scheduled. Um, The schedule is changing now. We're going to have a number of podcasts coming out this week talking about the new schedule, new teams, waivers, and a lot of things of that nature, but uh, this podcast specifically is going to talk about the top performers from week five with a little recap from the uh, season. Hope you enjoy it. episode of Clickin' Heads, where we'll talk about the top performers from this week in Overwatch League. Clandy, do you want to go first this week? Yes, sir. Thanks for offering me the stage. I will jump on. All right. You're very welcome. (laughs) I would like to highlight a DPS player from the Florida Mayhem who goes by BQB. BQB only played one match here in week five, and he and his Mayhem were able to topple the Toronto Defiant three maps to one. In that victory, he was able to secure any of his owners 100.79 fantasy points, which was good for the third highest overall DPS position for this week and the fourth overall position of all position uh, through all players this week for fantasy overwatch. BQB in his one match. So in total, BQB played for 38 minutes. He played the whole entire time for the Florida Mayhem. And in that time, spent most of it playing Soldier 76. He played 21 minutes on that Soldier 76. In that time, he earned 44 elims, only died six times with 21,000 hero damage and a cool... 6700 healing which is you know good for almost seven points in in a lot of in a lot of formats there Han, that's not true that's not true that's healing received that he received i take that back he <laughs> had 4789 healing so 4.7 a little bit lower not as great but still a pretty high number there that you know he's got a, a zero going down the rest of these dps healing numbers so just being able to get even that which is a reason. They, yeah, they, it's a little. It's a nice little chunk. It's a little extra. That must have been a soldier, right? Yes, uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm only talking week. about soldier right here. But yeah, that's why uh, soldier. That's why they. That's why soldier was utilized so much. I believe for his self sufficiency and his and his movement. Moving on, he played Hanzo for about six minutes with ninety limbs, only one death, uh, almost seven thousand hero damage. Um, he played a little bit of Torbjorn for another five minutes for 4,191 damage. Overall, though, like I said, he scored 100.79 points. So in totality, BQB had 69 eliminations, 12 deaths, almost 39,000 hero damage, and almost 5,000, like I said, healing, which gave him, like I said, 100.79. In addition to those three heroes, Soldier, Hanzo, and Torbjorn, who he played for around five minutes or higher, I also wanted to highlight that he got on that Ash for about three minutes there with 
six of he limbs, one death, and almost 4,000 hero damage. Oh, he, yeah. He was smacking that ash. Yeah, he was smacking that ash. And he got a Bob out there, too. Hell, yeah. Do something. Do something, Bob. Jesus, I need to see more ash. Uh, I love I it. I really do. Other than that, just a, a little tiny bit of time, just probably getting to point on Tracer and Doomfist. Played Symmetra for 44 seconds, probably just to get a teleporter up for a point on uh, a control map. A little bit of Sombra. Let's see, he'd use an ult probably for that reason. Um, but a really nice week at a BQB. I was, I have been waiting to talk about some of these. BQB fl- looked good. He did. I saw, I saw that match. He did look really good. And I like seeing some Florida players perform for fantasy, which we haven't. You took the words out of my see. mouth. Yes. And BQB had looked, he'd looked uh, solid in, in all his games this year so far, but it never really showed up on the fantasy scoreboard. So I'm glad he's finally making the board here. You do love to see it. You want to take the floor here for a second? I was talking about BQB and some and some DPS and some Florida mayhem. Who you want to talk about? You want my uh, my clicking heads of the week here? One of my DPS yeah. picks. Give me one, baby. All right. I'd like to talk about uh, Dante yeah. from the Houston Outlaws. The okay. reason being, because Clandy's a Houston fan, and he had a nice week. Yes, he had to watch his team roll the Paris Eternal, Two. which nobody, I don't think anybody saw coming, really. Two-game win streak. Some people did. I heard someone, I heard a few, just because of the, the wildness of hero pulls. It was a true underdog story, though. Yeah. But I would say, um, so... I think that Houston was able to get back to their roots a little and just play what what it was that they were best at. And I think that showed um, in Dante's ability to just rip Tracer. Yeah. Ripper. Ripper. Um, He was just clicking heads. Mm -hmm. He was taking those tiny little submachine guns and he was just popping the fuck off. That's all he did all game long. Um, and they rolled Paris. They really handedly beat them. Um, the match only lasted, I think, like 30 minutes, right? 30 minutes, exactly. Or 30 yeah. minutes, 27 seconds. It's a 3-0. Keep in mind, that's that's three out of five potential matches in 30 minutes, an average of 10 minutes per match, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. They just they just stomped on them. Mm-hmm. But Tracer, as Tracer, he had uh, 77 elims. Only 11 deaths. That's a crazy ratio. 77 to 11. 66 points off those elims right there in our format. Mm -hmm. And then he also had 31,513 hero damage. uh, And 24 ults earned. That's a lot. And look at 21 used. A lot of bombs. 21 used. That's that's bombs, baby. Yeah. That is some bombs. Um... Other than that, I think I believe when they they originally signed Dante that he was meant to be a tracer player. Like he is a tracer player, and he's probably the best tracer player on Houston. He's probably definitely the best tracer player on Houston, but he's one of the best tracer players in the league. And I think if the meta keeps changing with uh, hero bands, I think Tracer's going to be a popular character again, like she was in week one. And I don't see any reason why we don't see Dante continuing pop off really and i believe he popped off last week when they beat the defiant as well 
maybe not to the extent that he did this week, uh, having had a what is he top top five top six? He uh, for DPS he's number four yeah. overall. Number he's number four. eight. Yeah. So top four DPS performance this week as uh, Tracer, but um, he also played really well last week too, and I think it could be a trend, and I think Houston could be trending in the right direction too. So it's nice to see, and uh, I think it could continue. When when Reinhardt gets banned, I like Houston players because they just played a really mean dive, and it lends itself to a few of their players. So I agree. How about uh, you got a tank for us? I do have a tank for us. You know, it's funny. We we were just both talking about not talking about Florida players, and I've got another one for us to talk about. I got another. Oh, I'm gonna snap. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it in Miami, and we're going to. Oh yeah, baby. We're gonna talk about my guy Gargoyle. Now. Oh shit. What you know about Gargoyle? You know what I know about Gargoyle? I know that he has perennially underformed for your fantasy team up to this point so far this season. I have him in two leagues, and I really felt in both of those drafts that I was getting a steal at this time. I was like, I'm going to have this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting this off tank who's going to play on a middle-of-the-road middle team. You know, they might get swept a few times by the very top, so he might have a few you know, poor performances because of that. But I figured that, that he would be in games. Even if they're losing, he's going to be putting up minutes. He's going to be putting up, you know, those those damage numbers and not dying as a diva. And that's what you love to see when it comes to fantasy. But for the first two, you know, for weeks one and two, he only scored 68 fantasy points. And for weeks three and four, he upped that a little bit to 73 fantasy points. And this week in week five and six, he jumped all the way up to 85 Point five points, which yep. you you might look at that number and be like, well, you know, we're talking about some of these other guys in the one hundreds and all that. But this was a pretty low week for tank, especially with Reinhardt being out. The it's top, it's a top four tank. Top yep, four, top tank four tanks. Week, so. Yep, our top tank sat, <clears throat> excuse me, right around a hundred points, so he was fifteen points down as the number four tank. Like I said, he's an off tank, so he spent most of his time playing Diva, although he did put about four minutes into Sigma. And a few seconds into Wrecking Ball, where he did get an elimination. On D.Va, 61 mm-hmm. elims, 8 deaths, 19,500 hero damage. On Sigma, he added 10 elims, no deaths, and 2,700 hero damage. All those together gave him 72 elims, nine, only 9 deaths, about 22,000 damage, and... He ended with 85.49 points, again, because he only played that one match. You've probably noticed all three of these guys we talked about on Clicking Heads only played one match. Mm-hmm. You got If you have a good game and there's nothing to average it out between another match, then you're most likely going to have a good fantasy. You got a good chance of making it on the high honor of Clicking Heads. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my tank, unless you want to add anything about Gargoyle. I don't know. It's just nice to see him perform for fantasy. Uh, it's been, it feels like it's been a long time coming. So I'm sure everybody who drafted him, if they've been starting him right along, we're happy that he put up the week that he did this week. Yes, sir. You want to give us a tank? I'd be glad to. <clears throat> I'm going to be talking about uh, Hawk today. Oh, your hometown. 
for the listeners. Yes. Uh, for my Atlanta rain. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you because he says this for the listeners, but I just want you to know, listeners, that this is just as much for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Atlanta did look good. They did look good. Yeah, they did look good. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. So for Hawk this week, uh, while Atlanta stomped on Boston Uprising, uh, Hawk made his contribution for the second week in a row on the top of the uh, tank fantasy list with 82 elims, only seven deaths. (laughs) That's a crazy. 82 to seven. That (laughs) is a heck of a KD right there. Yep. Now, this was a short match. They only played uh, 29 minutes, 53 seconds. Uh, but didn't take long for Atlanta to stomp on Boston, so is what it is. He had 17,959 damage and also used 27 ults in that amount of time. Hmm. Almost an ult per minute. Um, not that it shows up on your fantasy scoring, but he also blocked 33,853 damage in 29 minutes as Diva. That is pretty outstanding. That is. That's nice. Um, but Hawk was just, uh, you know, playing all over the place. He was playing first team. He's getting the kills. He was uh, protecting the squad. Um, they played They played some Orissa and uh, Diva, which was... Kind of fun to watch because it was a little bit different than I saw a lot of other teams playing yep, this week. Yep. Like I saw some Orissa Sigma, I saw some, uh, saw some Winston Diva, a little a bit of, of dive. Um, but it was kind of cool to see that uh, it's like a pseudo dive. It's like a it's like a fortify with Orissa and hold down and protect the team, and then you have the Diva that can play with the Orissa, come back and protect the team behind shield, add to the shield, use the matrix when it's needed, but also dive at the same time. So the diva is still able to dive on um, just the opposing players, healers, flankers, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of a cool style to watch, and it definitely worked for them this week. And I think it's something that they could probably keep doing in the future. Um, obviously, the Brian will be back next week, so we'll see what happens with that. Well, de- but, and um, we'll definitely see a lot more Ryan Diva, continue, you know, moving on. And they, yeah. their next match is against. A, uh, uh, sorry, they have two more than the next week, so they play New York and then they play London. Got it. So I feel like oof, that's going to be a good match. I got to see that. Even if I think they're the the New York match, I feel like is match of the week, and the London one, I feel like London can. Can can get a, squeeze a few extra games out is what they've been doing this year a few extra maps so it would honestly be good for your fantasy team for your for your Atlanta players because this just means a little bit more time you can boost those numbers you're playing that match no matter what you might as well get it to that five games for those extra yeah you know yep and we should keep in mind obviously if you're in two weeks scoring and you played week five and you're going to play again in week six. Um, that obviously those numbers are subject to change. Uh, yep, because... yep, yep, definitely. they not subject to change. They will change. They will change. You know, one of these times it's going to end up the exact same. I don't have to eat my words. Like, up, oh, Hawk still <laughs> be... ended up with 92.96. Where do, where do we go? The second or third decimal place? Two. We do two we, decimal places. Two. That, so that would be still pretty highly unlikely that <laughs> if they it ended was up three, exactly the same. Three would be know. crazy. You never do know. <laughs> 
I've won a fantasy football game by like 0.15 or, you know, I think 0.06 points. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I had a a fantasy football league one time where the two teams actually tied. They actually tied. And actually it was for my friend and he called and he was the league manager and he needed me to look at it and was asking why one team was winning though. So I calculated all the points and it turned out that the league only went to uh, the second decimal place. Uh-huh. But if, if you go three decimal places, it, they actually didn't tie. Oh my gosh. One of them, yeah, one of them had uh, won by like point zero zero five <laughs> points. And that's why the, the, the league had given him the win. Uh-huh. So that you never know. It could happen. No, no ties in fantasy. There's no well, there are, but there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. Yeah, should never be ties in any sport, really, in any matchup of any kind. There's always got to be a winner. You think that's what happened when the gladiators took the ring in the Coliseum? Said, "Oh, it's okay if you guys end up tying." No, one man stands. For uh, for them, a tie is if they both were were killed. Both die at the same exact time, and that's so. <laughs> and then that was just a win for everybody watching. So, yeah, I get it. A lose lose for. All those involved. Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway, we're we don't need to jump into any Roman history here. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? I was entertained watching Atlanta, I'll tell you. Edison Erster. It was a nice it was a nice it was a nice kind of cake cake match for Edison to come back to kind of just, you know, jump back in and, you know. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you do me a favor? Yes, quick? I can. Just just jump back into that conversation about Atlanta for me real quick because ah, it's too hot for me to touch. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, that was one of the games that I decided that I wanted to tune in and watch live just because I, I, I was honestly hoping for Boston to put up a little bit of a fight. Uh, which which did not happen, um, but it it was just it was it was fun to see Atlanta at their very best. They were they. I really honestly, I just think that Boston is a solid team actually, and they kind of handedly beat them, which has me thinking Atlanta's probably in good shape right now as a team. I think but I know Boston's uh, rank now at this point is. What are they going to be? One and four. They're one and four after this week. So it's not. They're not. A, they don't have a great record, but um, they're a good team. Like I've watched them play well against decent teams. You know what I mean? Like they played Washington well, and uh, they went to seven games with Houston, which was crazy. But like they they can play in a middling fashion with decent teams, and I think they can beat some good yeah. teams on a good day. So it was nice to see Atlanta just straight stomp their throats. To be honest. Yeah, but moving on, moving on. Let's get uh, get off of Atlanta's dick. What do you do? You want to talk about uh... jumping into some sports? Maybe a healer. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's hear it. I have been waiting to talk about this guy. It. I'm a little surprised it took us this long. Maybe he's the kind of guy who you don't you don't always feel like even needs to be mentioned because he's a a perennial head clicker. But this week, he got to play his signature hero. We got to see a lot of Zenyatta in the in the meta. So today I want to oh, highlight yeah. I've been missing that. Jonak. Really missing it. Hell yeah. Zen hero, baby. Um Jonak, former league MVP, 
kind of the captain and, and, and soul of the Excelsior here. It, and is kind of known for revolutionizing how people play Zenyatta as a very offensive threat. And mm-hmm. I think the, 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 the first way I'll, I will exemplify that is by looking at his 28,000 hero damage to his 26,000 healing on Zenyatta. He had 2,000 more hero damage than healing. How much time did he play? Uh, 42 minutes on Zenyatta. 42 minutes. With 49 wow. E-limbs and only 16 deaths. And I have to be very impressed with that deaths number because Zenyatta is, as you watch Overwatch League, you can you can see any team, especially good teams, especially this past week where we saw a lot of dive, really focusing Zen because they know that his damage output, they know what he adds to his team in addition to, you know, just clicking heads yeah. himself. So there's, there's and he's a, not very mobile. heavy. Right. There's a heavy utility involved with those discord orbs. I think it adds like a third or so somewhere around 33% or a third of, of damage, extra damage per shot. That's, that's outrageous. Yeah, like, a, right. that's helping the team win games. And it's also something to think about too. We think about in, in, in the game sense, um, when we play and stuff just competitively, um, you know, you want your healers to average about a thousand healing per minute, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think that's that's good. That's about what they should do. That's what you need to win games. But you see these guys in the pros, and if you look at that, he only averaged mm, about one and a half, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. One and a half, or not one and a half, about seventy-seven fifty, maybe something like that per minute. Does that math work out? Yeah, twenty-eight and forty-two. I think so. Twenty-eight and forty-six, sixty-six percent, sixty-six percent, two-thirds. So about two-thirds. Of what you would expect for a healer. Yeah, Zen's um, a little different. Per minute. Yeah. Right, but that's my point, is that's a different style of play. And and obviously it worked because New York wins the game, right? And uh, he looked good. And that added damage almost makes up for the fact that there's less healing. Uh-huh. Because when you have when you have that much when you have that much damage, you don't need to do as much healing because you're probably clicking heads and winning fights. Yep, and that's what that's what they were doing. They they lost the first map one and they Actually, they might have lost both of the first map once. No, they only played a, they only played one match, which is crazy that that match was so much longer than some of those with just one one more stage. They did lose map one, and it was to Washington. And he also played, you know, about seven minutes of Anna, six Elims, four deaths. Uh, you know, added almost seven thousand healing in that seven minutes. So there's right there's your there's your ratio. His ratio is around a thousand per minute on Anna but a little bit lower there on his Zen. But on some of these, some of these stats, just looking this season at um, the different players on their Zen stats, you know, hero damage per 10 minutes, healing per 10 damage. He's number one, Jonak, on hero damage per 10 minutes, and he owns that by 1,000. He averages 6,640 wow. da- uh, hero damage per 10 minutes, and Aim God's number two. At five thousand six hundred ninety-four. Wow, that's a hard carry, right? It's there. crazy. It's crazy. It was a it was an aim god versus uh, Jonak uh, showdown. It was right? aim god got the better of him at, at least once or twice as well. You know, aim god is nothing to aim god's no because aim god is yeah. number two there in hero damage, and aim god's number yep. one in healing for ten minutes for Zenyatta. So he's I feel like aim god creeps up into this podcast every single week, but that probably just means that he's crushing it. 
I there's something I'd like to add to the conversation on Joe yes, yes, performance please. this week, which is that I still think Washington's a very good team, but more specifically, he's going up against Corey, he's going up against Stratus, and he's going up against Aim God and also um who the fuck am I thinking? Who's Washington's uh, off tank? Elevote. Elevote, right. So he's getting jumped on a regular basis is what that means. Mm-hmm. And he's still surviving, and he's still getting those those kills and that damage. As in, yeah, that's impressive. Yes, sir. Glad to, glad to mention him this week. Glad to see him thriving. He's, you know, he's a, he's a guy that you hope to see thriving every week because – he was probably first or second or third overall pick. But Jonak ended this week with 99.25 points, good for the second highest support position and the sixth highest overall position. Again, NY plays one more game for a two-week fantasy setting. They'll, next week they'll face Atlanta. So that'll be a good test for Jonak as well. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the matchup of the week. Yes. I'm excited for it. You were just talking about the Washington Justice, and we had talked about Aim God as well. But I'm pretty sure you wanted to also talk about the other support there in Washington. Am I right? Oh, you're damn skippy. Hell yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about ARC. Um, playing this week versus New York. Obviously, it didn't amount to a W, but... um. I, honestly, a lot of Washington players, I believe, did well for fantasy he, this week. Unfortunately, they also they they, they played two matches. They they also were able to defeat Boston. That's right. That's right. So Ark this week had fuck stick. Ark played most of the week as Brigitte. Absolutely demolishing people um, compared to how other uh, – Brigitte was played a lot actually this week mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. being able to watch the week back again um, with the ability to kind of pay more attention this time. Um, Brigitte was played pretty frequently. I didn't see the percentages, but there was a lot of Brigitte being played, and he did much better than everybody else did um, as far as KD went and – even healing and damage, I'd say. But he had 84 kills, only 24 deaths. Um, 22,654 hero damage with 68,684 healing. And this is in a matter of 1 hour and 23 minutes. So 86 minutes or 83 minutes. Um, so in 83 minutes... You're looking at 84 Elims as Brigitte. That's a kill per minute. That's pretty good for a break. That is that's a, that is exactly what you're asking for, especially on a squad where you have Aim God as your other guy. He's he. This is your main healer. You're not expecting these numbers, right? And you're not expecting your main healer uh, to be playing uh, Brigitte either. It was kind of a weird composition for Washington this week. I mean, you're used to seeing you're used to seeing uh, Arc play. Well, I guess he plays the off-field, but you're used to seeing him play more like uh, Lucio, a role, Lucio, especially in yep. the meta. But uh, but this week he played uh, Brigitte, and 
uh, we already talked about Lucio was the ban for next week, so he can't play Lucio. So I guess maybe he gets back on that Brigitte. And it looks like he knows how to play her. So I'll be excited to see what he could do next time. Um, that is if he's scheduled for next week. Didn't see that. Uh, I don't think that Washington is actually, now that I think about it. All right. They so don't. Irrelevant. They had... Irrelevant information. No, wait. Sorry. They do. They have one. They have one. They have one. They play, All they right. Play there you go. A double whammy there. I thought I had. But boom. thought you had me. Hee <laughs> hee. So, um, yeah. Arc finishes uh, top five for supports this week with 82.96 points. Just a couple behind his uh, counterpart, AIM Squad. Yeah, baby. He ended there in the top five. Look at him. Look at him. Look at us. So we all talked about a uh, a healer, a tank. Or both of us talked about a healer, a tank, and a DPS already. But I do want to just mention a couple things. Okay, let's hear them. Unless, unless there's something else that you want. Nope, to say. that's good for me. Actually, there's one thing I wanted to say, and just that mm-hmm. both it was I was it was cool to see when these guys didn't make crack the top ten overall. But I want to mention, you know, tank numbers were pretty low this week, but Muma and Sato for Houston and Philadelphia respectively, both main tank players, both had nice weeks when they when the meta moved off of Reinhardt and moved on to Winston. Muma had eighty-seven point mm-hmm. one seven. Sato had 85.2. So those are always guys that you can look for if they are playing and they might have a, a, a good matchup. You could definitely slot them in. Sato, you might be able to slot in every single week. Muma is, is yeah, more of a... Yeah, he's yeah, solid. Yeah. That's all I wanted to add. You see, you, you Poco and Sato. Po- yeah, yeah, Fury that, when he's in that, there that too. A- any, anyone on, on that Philadelphia yeah, tank that line. That gets it done, for real. Um, I just wanted to... Not even honorable mention because they technically took the top of the leaderboard, but Carpe and Ivy were number one and number two this week. Number one and number two For DPS overall, overall overall fantasy scores on the same team. Number one and number two, the two DPS players from Philadelphia. They did not get the win against Paris. Unfortunate for them. But clearly, they are clicking heads, and clearly, they deserve to be mentioned. We just don't want to always mention the same players, and everyone knows Carpe is a top player. It is nice to see him come back to full effect, number one overall. He's the type of player you draft number one overall, sometimes for DPS. And it's nice to see him perform like a number one player, because it's always nice if, uh, you know, you're, you're number one overall DPS or debatably top three guy takes a hiatus from being a top scorer on a weekly basis and then you get to see him come back to form you know it just kind of reminds you that those guys who are just a top of the dps list or just the overall overwatch league fantasy list will rise to the top you know yep they they've got that they've got that x factor they can just they can just Mm -hmm. they can just zone in even when carpe you know can't play some of his best heroes still still doing. He's it. not a he's not a first round draft pick for nothing. Right. Um, can I continue on that a little? Sure. Two other guys who we've both talked about in the past and both were at the top of their list respectively are Poco and Alarm for tank and support, mm-hmm. and they're just also on the Philadelphia Fusion. We yeah, alarms. We really could it. have a whole segment just devoted to the Fusion because even when they lose the match. They're still putting up the top fantasy guys. They're just what's the rule? What's the rule? It. 
they're pumping it. What's the rule for Philly? If you got them, if you, you got them, you start them. Yeah. If they're it. playing, they're playing. Then you then they're in your lineup for sure. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, that kind of and that kind of finishes up our our in depth f- uh, section of clicking heads. You want to go through our top ten list here? Let's do the top ten list. Let's do the top ten. Do you want evens or odds? But let's go ahead. Let's do instead of doing that. Let's change it up this week. Wook up, wook up. Wook up, wook up, wook. You gotta be. You gotta be fresh. <laughs> Let's. You seen that yeah. show, right? <laughs> We're going to. Instead of doing the top list, let's go in order from DPS, tank, and support this week. Okay. And and give the top five from each each uh, sounds role. good. And then and then we'll tell where they ended up finishing. Right. Uh, as far as the top, we we're gonna have to do the top fifteen though. That's all right. Don't worry about it. All right, let's do we it. We got the I got the time, baby. All right. What what would you want to start with? You want let's let's leave DPS for last. Let's start with let's start let's start with the all right, let's start with the support. The the let's start with the position that deserves the glory but never really gets it. Let's go with support. You wanna start first? I'll start first. Finishing out the fifth spot for our support position in week five was Ark, who we focused on from Washington. With 82.96 fantasy points. Number four, Animo for the New York Excelsior with a 96.05 spot this week. Good for number four for supports. Number three for supports, a guy who gets plenty of credit here on fantasy, on neighborhood overwatchers, Aim God. Who? Who? What did you say? What? Who did you say? What was his name? Uh, 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 aim God. <laughs> you can't even get it out. You can't even get it out. Uh, 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 aim God. Where where did he finish overall this week? Just out of curiosity. Aim God finished overall with ninety eight point oh five fantasy points, which was the third highest support position, and seven overall among all positions. So, are you telling me he was a top ten overall scorer? Again? Yeesh. Interesting. Okay, I'll just check. No reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Moving mm-hmm. on, Jonak with 99.25 points. Uh, good for the number two support spot and six overall. Not bad. Again, we, we highlighted we highlighted uh, Jonak just a little bit before. With up. the number one overall support position, the Philadelphia Fusion Alarm. With 112.19 fantasy points. Good for the top spot. And for third overall on the week. Let's go on to tanks next. You start us off for tanks. I'll start it up. All right. Let's start with... Wait, 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 wait. You gotta be first. You were you were just talking about how Aim God is always top ten, right? 
I just want to point out real quick, just for the this is for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> alarm, my guy, alarm, my guy sitting there on 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 my support line, mm-hmm. averaging two points more, fantasy points more per match. Then then ain't bad, baby. Oh, oh, has he been top ten every week? He's has scored more points than Aim God, so I would hope so. But do you even know? I don't know. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care for your opinion. Opinion? Anymore. Those are not. That's not an opinion. That's that's. I'm talking about points. The things you said points are fast, scored. But, but has he been top ten every week? This is a consistency measure. He was. He was weak for weeks one and two. And do you know the answer? Nope. <laughs> oh, he was not for weeks three and four. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. Aegon was number I'll 10. Con- he was the last I'll continue. one. I and you know matter. what? 10 is you know 10. What? Top 10, I baby. did these stats, so I might have fucked it up. There might oh, be another guy really? in there, so you can't trust. Oh, yeah. I can't Tr- trust you to take the stats down correctly <laughs> anymore now. <laughs> Only if it means I win the argument. Then, otherwise, right, I got right. the stats perfect. If you win the argument, you're you're a real good statistician. statistician. Mm-hmm. But alarm, alarm! Just the good people who are listening. Alarm is averaging more points than Aim God. So if you really want to feel good about your support line, you can feel good with both of them. But you can feel just a little tiny bit better with alarm. Eh, debatable. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd probably take a guy who's just guaranteed to finish in the top you really 10 like the, over a guy who what's might your, finish outside what's your, the top what's your, 10 who might have just had a bigger week what's your, to skew his numbers. You, you have a fetish with the number 10 or something? Nope. It's just that's what we'd list every week. Top if we 10. listed top 11, then alarm would be at it every got... time also. <laughs> So you know, okay, well, top see, eleven. Yeah, I guess the I guess the stats guy, the bookkeeper over there, should have made it the top eleven list. We would have been pretty trendy if we did a top eleven instead of a top ten, and be like, "Wow, True. look, why did, look at why, these guys. They brought it, it up to eleven, right? Like, <laughs> who who decided ten is oh, the number? I messed know? that up. That's that is on me. Yeah, I'll on take you. that. Yeah, you're right. Is. You're right. You're right on that one, but you're wrong about Aim God. <laughs> I listen. I know this. For sure. This is 100% certainty. We use this segment just to go off the rails every week. Well, you know what? <laughs> and, we're, and we're doing it Sometimes again. Sometimes you need to go off the rails. Let's jump back on it. We, we went I off agree. the rails at a good time because All right, back because we, were just, we were just about to jump. You were just about to jump us into our top five tanks. Number five, Sato for Philadelphia Fusion. 85.2 points. Good for the... Last of our tank spots this week. Bringing up the rear, as they say. Bringing up the rear, which again is top five. Of the top. Yeah. The top of the rear. You know, it's kind of like the lower back. The top of the top rear. Top of the rear. Where where lower back meets cheek. Yeah, tramp stamp area. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Right above the butterfly. Right above that tramp stamp there in the upper in the lower middle spine on the number four spot <laughs> is gargoyle. Who we we highlighted earlier with uh, the Florida Mayhem at eighty five point four nine points. Coming in at the number three spot, Muma for the Houston Outlaws with eighty seven point one seven. And I'm going to give Clandy credit on this one. He did last week call that this meta change could be a good thing for Muma. 
getting off to Reinhardt, and he was right. Hope he can keep it up. I'm happy for him. He finally had a good week. Number two, you're talking about my guy. I'm going to talk about your guy. Number two for Tank this week was, as trustful, like to talk about for a long time. Just kidding. That was an appropriate amount of time. Hawk for the Atlanta Rain. (laughs) 92.96 points, fantasy points. He had a good week, you know, the entire time. He's one of the first times I've seen so far this year, uh, this season, where he didn't play any other hero, even for another second. He just played D.Va for that entire match. And it worked. It did work. And on to the number one spot, Poco. Top of the tank leaderboard. Honestly, he's been... Not necessarily number one, but atop the leaderboard for about two or three weeks now in a row here. He has he's been thriving. I think that he has. He's been playing really well. Really, really well. Number three tank for weeks three and four. And he wasn't top five for He wasn't the first week. No, but he was really he he he, he, He's been solid and he's getting better and Philly is just looking really good, so I think he's gonna continue to perform. If you picked him up in fantasy the last few weeks, he's paid off. That's for sure. Yes, yes, sir. All right. What do you say we rattle through these? Ah, we got to talk about. Let's go Blase. through. Let's... All right. We talked about everybody on this list except for Blase. So let's start it off. You started off with Blase. Give me your opinion. Just real. Just... Oh, you're editing the document right now. Huh. No fucking way. You see my. I have not noticed that once until this moment. What up, ass? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I came up with that myself. That's pretty I, good. That's a good I one. Will t- <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I will talk about Blase a little bit. Um, before, I want to go on a very short tangent just to highlight something I thought was really interesting just this week as I was putting together these top performers. And that is that this week it was really DPS heavy. So we had not not too much uh, going on here, especially with the tanks where we only had one tank who made it into the top 10 overall. And we we had four that made it into support, but all five of these DPS top five make, cracked his top 10 this week where, you know, obviously like trustful pointed out Carpe and Ivy, both DPS players for Philly were number one and two overall, but we also had the number four, number eight and number 10 overall ranked guys all coming from DPS this week. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's a big DPS week. It's a week. big DPS week. You got a big message for me here twice. <laughs> Get a read it I think here. only the Twitch chat gets to see that one. Uh, it's too bad. It's, all it says is eat a crunchy taco. <laughs> That's all it says now. I will start us off with this DPS, though, after my quick little tangent with, like you said, Blase who was good for the fifth-ranked DPS position, 10 overall. And Blase of the Houston Outlaws had 95.21 fantasy points. He played just he just played really well this, this, this week he, with 75 elims and only 10 deaths. You're just really, really happy to see that out of your DPS. It's nice to see Blase thrive in a changing manner. Yes. As as he had, he played a lot of tracer. Well, for sure, played a lot of tracer. Played oh, no, sorry, that's Dante. He didn't play tracer. Lot he of played doom. a lot of doom, and he played a lot of soldier seventy six. 
Yep, Soldier was a big one this week. People uh, liked Wait, that for their head scan. He, he only played six minutes of of Doomfist, and he had twenty elims, two deaths, and five thousand hero damage. Is that all? Why don't they keep him on Doomfist? Insane. Of the it's time? insane. That's normally crazy. Doom. Just get normally him out Doomfist there. is 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 got you know sometimes he has a problem dying too much, but two deaths. To 20 elims? Yeah, that's nuts. All right. Put the guy on fucking Doomfist and you guys will win the championship, all right? Well, let's not get carried away. But he is good. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep it moving. You got the next guy? I do. Uh, number four, Dante with 97.51 points. Houston and Houston. Two, two Houston players in the top five this week. That's something that we'd like to see for Clandy's yes, sake. Yes, sir. It's good for my blood pressure. <laughs> in your cholesterol. <laughs> uh, I'm going to move on. We talked about Dante a bunch, and we also talked about our number three DPS a bunch, who is BQB for the Florida Mayhem, 100.79 points. Ivy, top of the leaderboard again this week, 112.47 points. For, good for the number two overall DPS spot. And the number two overall spot for fantasy finishes this week. That's pretty nice. Pretty darn good, Ivy. Pretty darn good. Keep it up. Finally, to close us out, Ivy's very close teammate, his fellow DPS man, who only scored 0.5 points more than his than Ivy did this week. But that 0.5 points gives him the top score of the week. He got the crown last week. We had the Krillin crown. This week, we've got the Carpe Crown for the Philadelphia Fusion, 112.96 points. Hell yeah, Carpe. Holding it down for that number one potential DPS slot. He did, and that should wrap up our clicking heads for this week, don't you say? Don't you know? Um, Yeah, I think that's all I got to say. Probably said too much already. If you made it this far with us, thanks for listening. You know, let us know what you think. Send us an email if you think that you've you've got sure. somebody who's clicking heads that we're missing. It is neighborhoodoverwatchers at gmail dot com. We would love to get some some fan emails, and we'd love to read them. Yeah, hell yeah. You can you can hit us up on Instagram as well at how neighbor. Do, how do you get a hold of us on at Instagram? neighborhood overwatchers? All right. How about uh, on the old on Twitter? Twitter? It is at n o overwatchers. All right, we might change that. So we'll see. <laughs> we haven't got we have we haven't done too much with the tweeting yet, and our Instagram page has just begun. But we'd love you guys to give us a follow, reach out to us, and we're gonna start you know getting all that stuff very active in the near future. So hopefully, you guys, if anybody joins right away, you're gonna be one of the first people to join with us, and you're gonna be you're gonna be coming on this excursion. A member of the neighborhood. You're going to be one of the first members of the neighborhood Overwatch. I just got, I have a quick question. Everyone's fantasy squad safe from intruders and petty crimes. Other than that, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we'll end on a high and note. I, and we'll end on a low <laughs> note. And I hope you enjoyed the neighborhood Overwatches. See you later this week. I don't know if it's me cutting out or you cutting out. I can't hear you right now.
I still can't hear you. Why don't we why don't we cut it off and jump on switch?